following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. guys hot. It's nice and warm outside today, right? Man, it feels good Um, because you all complained about it in the winter, so (laughs) I know. God knows. If you would, open up your Bibles to the book of Malachi. Uh, Malachi chapter 2. We're going to look at the first um, nine verses of Malachi chapter 2, verse 1 through 9, and then we're going to take communion together. Uh, Malachi chapter 2, verse 1 through 9. I don't know um, if you caught on to this trend, but just a few months ago, there was an audio file that was floating around the internet. I actually got it from a buddy of mine. He sent it over to me, and he says, Jordan, there's this audio file on the internet. I need you to listen to it. I need you to tell me what you hear. So, yeah, all right, man. That sounds good. Um, and he said, if you hear something that I don't hear, we can't be friends anymore. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, He's like, it's this big thing that's going on around the internet. People are just uh, mad at each other about it. And so I found the audio file, and I'm going to play it for you today. Um, So you're going to hear one of two words. You're going to hear either the word uh, Laurel, or you're going to hear the word Yanni. Okay, so you ready? Laurel. 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 Okay, stop. Laurel. It just goes on for like ever. So, so that, was, that was it, right? Now, here's the crazy thing. Some people heard one thing, and some people heard the other, and then some of us are wondering, like, so which one is it? And you're going to have to wait till the end of the sermon to find out. <clears throat> okay? R- regardless, um, what was interesting, when I got that file, in my, in, in, and I listened to it in my ears, I started thinking about how we listen to things. And with what ear do we listen to things? And then I started thinking about God's word and how we listen to God's word and what does that look like? And do we listen to it in context? And do we listen to it in the right tone? And do we listen to it with the right ears? And Malachi is going to talk a lot in chapter two about listening and what does it mean to listen specifically to the Lord? And let's ask him to bless this time this morning. Father God, thank you so much for your word and what it says and thank you for your truth. I think um, so far that this passage of scripture that's in front of us today in Malachi chapter 2 is so important for us that I would ask um, that you would be clear with us today on the words that you would have us hear so that we listen well to your word so that we can implement it accordingly in the society that we live in. God, we need to listen up and we need to listen well and we need to listen in context So I know there's just some things in this text that need to be explained well, and I pray that um, through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would help this morning just uh, speak your words to us, that our hearts would be soft, and that this would be a message where we go away and we go, whoa, this is huge for me to be able to live a life that would love the Lord with all my heart and soul and mind and strength as I listen to you. It is in your name that we pray, God. Amen. Okay, Malachi chapter 2, verse 1. Here we go. Oh, now, or and now, excuse me, oh, priests. 
So remember last week we talked a little bit about the priests. He's going to kind of have another message for the priests, okay? And this is interesting because he says, listen, priests, this command is for you. Now, I want you to circle the word command in your Bible because when we get to that word, oftentimes we think that God's commands are burdensome. And we often think that God's commands for us have weight and that when we follow them, they are heavy and they're often kind of like a father in his rebuke. But the psalmist, okay, in Psalms, in the Bible, the middle book in the Bible, the psalmist says that God's commands are a delight. We rejoice when God gives us a command because he shows us the ways in which we should live. So whenever you see the word command in the Bible, don't run from it, run to it. Because God is showing you this is how you as believers should live. Now that word priest, remember, we kind of stray away from it. We're like, well, this is for the priests of the Old Testament. But remember 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9? You are a royal priesthood. So he's going to speak just as much to us in the New Testament as he did Malachi in the Old Testament. Verse 2. If you will not listen, if you will not listen, some things are going to happen in your life. Now we know, okay, that the priests uh, were supposed to honor God, giving him sacrifices, giving him time and money and talents. We talked about that last week and go online, listen to it and catch up. But here, God is saying, in order to give me your time, your talents, and your sacrifices, everything that I command to you, you're going to have to listen to me and my voice. So my question is, what happens if I don't listen, right? That's what my kids all want to know. What happens if we don't listen? What happens if we don't do what you ask us to do? Well, three things are going to happen. If you do not listen, if you do not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then the first thing that he's going to do, the first consequence for not listening is I am going to send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, because of their disobedience, I have already cursed them because you do not lay it or take my words to heart. So the first thing that happens is that you're going to experience hardship. Now in the Old Testament, in the Mosaic Covenant, that's the covenant that God had with this guy named Moses, we learn that there were curses for those that disobeyed the law. Think about it in terms of us who raise kids. There's consequences for your actions, amen? If you don't have consequences for your kids' actions, you need to get some, okay? Because uh, Proverbs says, spare the rod, spoil the child. A firm case for spanking, but we are not going to go into that today, okay? (laughs) So due to the current condition, though, um, the priest's hearts were already turning hard against God's command. And so what they were experiencing was a couple of things. They were experiencing physical hardship. They were experiencing mental hardship. They were experiencing um, blessings, material hardship, as well as their overall welfare. Does that happen to us when we stop listening to God? Absolutely. We get to the point where sometimes we look at our life and we say, I'm experiencing hardship. Why? Maybe it's because we're not listening to God's voice through his word. And so physically I'm ill or uh, I'm making myself ill because I'm mentally thinking about these things all the times. And I go to bed with all these things in my mind and I do not give them over to the Lord and what his word says. And so I find myself in just all of these hardships. And when God says, here is my commands for you, you have two choices. You can either run to his change or run from his change. And if you run to his change, he says, I will conform you more to the image of Christ, giving you joy and peace and love and all of these things that the world wants to possess that they can't have. 
But if you run away from me, life will be difficult. Are we going to have problems in this world? Absolutely. James says, do not be surprised when you have trials of many kinds. That's going to happen, right? But our perspective as Christians when we face hardships totally changes when we listen to God's voice. So number one is hardships. Look at this. Number two, verse three. Behold, also I will rebuke your offering, or offspring, excuse me, and, oh, I'll wait for the second part of verse three because it's a good one. Okay. <clears throat> Some of you read further, okay, and you shouldn't have done that. But anyway, second thing, I will cause failure. If you do not listen to the voice of the Lord, your offspring will be um, non-productive. Now, so many people take this, okay, uh, as offspring is physical children. And that's, that's not the case here, okay? He's not saying you're physical children. Does that happen? Absolutely. Sometimes when um, we don't listen to the voice of the Lord, it makes our children's lives harder too. But that's not the context of what he's saying. And some pastors have built sermons around that specific verse of the Bible, but that's not true. What he's talking about here is your offspring or your seed or your harvest that is produced from your labor. So think about it in agricultural terms. If you um, go and you tend your field well, what do you get? You get good fruit. You get good harvest, right? If you take care of it well, you get a good harvest. If you don't take care of it well, your offspring or your seed is going to be bad. And the people would have understood that because in Malachi, they're dealing with massive agricultural failures because of locusts that had infiltrated their fields. So the people in Malachi's time would have said, that makes total sense to us because we understand our crops are failing because these locusts are coming in. We're trying to do our best, but there's a problem here. And God's saying, maybe I'm trying to get your attention. Hmm. So um, you have to follow the steps in order to get the right uh, product. Now, Bethany is a phenomenal baker, okay? Phenomenal. She's a good cook. Uh, and here's why she's a good cook. You ready for this? She follows instructions extremely well, okay? She has all these cookbooks. It's true. You talk to her, you say, hey, what's the secret? These cookies are amazing. She's like, I follow directions to the letter. Me, I'm cooking something. We're going from one to 10, and we're just crossing our fingers and hoping that it's going to be a good dinner, right? I mean, that's just what we're doing. The kids, uh, I'll never forget, Bethany was actually, she's in Guatemala. I had made the kids dinner. They're like, dad, this is disgusting. What did you do? How do you mess up mac and cheese from a box, right? <laughs> so sure enough, I go back to the directions. You've got to add milk and butter to that. Who would have thought? <clears throat> when one little area of our spiritual life is off, what happens? The whole rest of it gets off, doesn't it? We miss one step. We miss one step in our devotions with God. We miss one time with God when we could be praying to him. Uh, all things just kind of seem like they're off. If we're not listening to the Lord, we're going to experience hardship. We're going to have failures. We're not going to produce a good product. And some people would look at it and be like, Jordan, you're, you're preaching health, wealth, and prosperity. No, 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 no. That's not true. Okay? We're not talking about God blessing us monetarily and physically. We're talking about him blessing us internally through the riches of his inheritance, which is he has gloriously given to us in Jesus Christ, the Son. Now, watch the third thing, <clears throat> because you already read forward, and this was good, because I was preparing for the sermon, and I was like, for real, Jesus? This is the verses that you don't skip over, but you want to skip over. Second part of verse three. Here's the third thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to spread dung on your faces, 
and the dung of your offspring, and you shall be taken away with it. Jesus and I had a good conversation about this last week. I said, are you sure you want me to give this to the church? He said, yeah, man, go for it. The smile on your face is all good. What he's saying here is, not only are you going to have hardship, not only are you going to have failure, but you're also going to be unclean. Before me, you're going to be unclean. You choose not to listen to my voice, and I'm going to make you unclean. You're going to be like excrement. You're going to be something that has been uh, pushed out of the body. And not only will it be off in this place, it will be all over you. People will be able to see your uncleanliness. And because of your uncleanliness, God says, you will be incompetent for service. So with hardship and failure evident... The priests were unclean because they failed to listen. They were like fecal matter. And they were unclean and incompetent of service. <laughs> now, uh, I, this kind of makes sense to me, uh, being a dad. My kids are eight and six, and uh, it's summertime, so what we do, like every good parent is, we turn on the sprinkler system, right? We let them run around outside, and um, sometimes they'll be playing outside in, the, in, in, like, we have this little pool, and we have this slip and slide set up, and we'll let them play out there. It's really good, right? But sometimes I'll have just mowed the grass. And so all the water that is on their bodies, they come inside the kitchen, and they have grass shavings from their head to, to their feet because they've been playing in the grass. And I don't have, like, a bagger on my mower, you know? I'm, I'm not a good steward of my lawn, I guess. And, um, and so uh, Bethany and I will stand there, we're like, whoa! Stop! Freeze! And they're like, I'm, I'm kind of cold because I hit the air conditioner, you know? And we're like, you're filthy. You have, you have uh, grass all over you. And they don't even notice, right? They just look at you like, what's the problem? Like, I need to go upstairs. I need to get dressed. You're in my way. But if you go upstairs, there will be a, a, a trail of grass shavings and water that go all the way up to your room, right? If you come in the house, you will be unclean. You're going to have... The whole house be unclean. We got to take you off and we got to hose you off. And that's, parents, that's fun, right? Like cold, hose, okay, just me. <clears throat> so essentially, this is what happens, okay? We're in the house of God when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. True? Yeah, that's what the Bible says. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be saved. So I'm in the house, okay? But there's oftentimes things that I bring with me that are like these grass shavings that are on top of me. And God looks at me and goes, hey, we got some things to work on. We need to pick some of these things off, right? And when the kids are in the kitchen, what we realize is we can clean them up in the kitchen in order for them to populate other rooms of the house. It's exactly what God is saying to the priest. He's essentially saying, I want to take you and I want to make you clean because I know in your heart of hearts you love me, but I can't do that if you don't change or if you don't have humility, if you don't humble yourself before the Lord, I can't do anything with it. And so, so oftentimes we sit here and we think to ourselves, what happens if I choose not to listen to God and his word? Well, I'm going to have hardships, I'm going to have failures, and I'm also going to be unclean, and I'm going to be unproductive. He might still love me, but here's where I stand. And so, not listening to God and his word leaves us open to hardships, feeling like failures and incompetent. <clears throat> okay, now Malachi pauses here for story time. I think this is interesting. Verse 5, because there's a solution to the problem, but it comes a little bit later. Verse 5, uh, go back to 4. So shall you know that I have sent this command to you, remember, not as a burden, but as a delight. So I sent this command to you, God says, 
in verse 4, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. Five, my covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him. It was a covenant of fear, and he feared me, and he stood in awe of my name. True instruction was on his mouth. And no wrong was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace, in uprightness. He turned many from their iniquity. Huh? It's not true. It's false. And I'll prove it. Levi comes from the 12 tribes of Israel. Right? There was a man. His name was Jacob. He loved God. He walked with God. God changed his name to Israel. He had 12 kids. And he gives over uh, all of this promised land to his 12 kids. This is his inheritance, okay? Levi doesn't get a cut of any of the land, all right? And the reason for it was because he was not a good dude. So Levi's life is not one that I would say Malachi outlines. And I'll explain. Genesis chapter 34. Levi and his brother Simeon one day found out that their sister got raped. You know what they did? They said, hey, this is a disservice. We don't think this is healthy. As a matter of fact, we don't even like the town where this guy came from, so we're going to go and we're going to execute everybody in that town. Sure enough, they gathered up their swords, they gathered up all their stuff, they walked over to the town, and they executed every single person there. Jacob, their dad, not happy about it, right? I mean, you try that, coming home. Hey, we just went to Wyatt, took the whole thing out. It's not a good idea, all right? So his anger was evil and fierce. It was not righteous like Jesus in the temple, which led to hardship. Genesis 37, remember Joseph? He didn't have a Technicolor dream coat. He just had a coat. I don't understand where the Technicolor thing came out of, all right? But uh, Joseph was the brother that he, Jacob loved, cherished him. He's like, this is my son. I love this guy. And all the brothers got together, and they're like, hey, we don't love him, and so we're going to sell him to the Egyptians into slavery. And they did. And Levi, like um, Paul, or used to be Saul, is standing on the outside of this situation, and he's like holding his brother's coat. Well, they sell him over to slavery. And he's like applauding the process. Yay, no more Joseph, right? He gets to go away. And so uh, Levi's life is going to be plagued with failures. Genesis chapter 49, um, before Jacob dies and gives all this land out, listen to what he says about Levi. Simeon and Levi have swords that are weapons of violence. They killed men in anger. Cursed be their anger, so fierce and their fury so cruel. I will scatter them in Jacob and disperse them in Israel. And so Levi has to go and be a priest to all of his brothers in all of the 49 territories that are scattered throughout the Old Testament because of his disobedience. But Malachi says, Levi feared God, stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth and no wrong was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and he turned many from iniquity. Huh? How do you do that? Well, here's what he's talking about. He's not talking about Levi, the person. He's talking about Levi, the descendants of the person. The men that chose to break the chains of their father's sin. He's talking specifically here about men like Aaron, Eliezer, Phineas, 
People that refused to walk in their father's sin and chose to walk in righteousness. And so it is with us. We have a choice. Either we will submerge ourselves in the sins of our parents and our relatives and our grandparents and say, well, I'm just like this. This is just where I come from. Or we'll say, no, no, no. I'm going to break the chain in which uh, I came from and I will refuse to be like sin and I will be like my Savior, which is Jesus. And I will seek to honor and praise him. And so the priests saw the failure of their leader and fixed the problem. And so it should be with us. Still didn't answer my question. How do I listen? What am I supposed to do? Malachi, you, you paused. You had a great story. That's good. I understand it. Break the chain. Trust Christ. The Messiah is coming. I get it. What am I supposed to do? Well, here he says, here's what you should do. Okay? And here's what comes specifically from listening to God and his word. Go to verse 7. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yeah, 7. For the lips of a priest. You can underline that word and put above there a believer. One who has a relationship with Jesus Christ through faith. That trusts Christ. Your lips should be like this. Your life should be like this. Your attitude should be like this. Number one. You should listen to God so that you could seek instruction from his mouth. For he is a messenger of the Lord of hosts. So it's not about avoiding hardships. It's about running to them because they conform me to the image of Christ. And I am able to respond to my hardships with God's word. I am able to look at my hardships and say, but the Lord says. And oftentimes we cannot say, but the Lord says, because we have not been where the Lord says. And so if I'm here and I'm diligently studying here, I can respond out there. This is what God's word says. But in your heart of hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I love Jesus Christ and his word because it answers the world's problems and woes. And in the midst of my hardships, I can still say, great is the Lord and worthy to be praised. I've listened to his voice like Job. I've listened to his voice like Paul. I've watched him lead me out of the land of slavery and bondage and into the land that is promised and before me. He is good. He is faithful. His love endures forever. And then he continues, he says, if you listen to God's word, you'll be able to guard knowledge, give answers in hardship. Also, watch this, verse um, 8, he says, and you, now here, we're going to flip this, because this is the negative, and we're going to flip it to the positive. You have turned aside from the way. In other words, God laid out where you should go, you turned that and said, I'm going to go my own ways. And so we have to not only understand how we guard instruction, listen to God's word, but also how we stay true to his ways. In other words, see the process through. Oftentimes, we stop 90% of the way, and there we get failure. And we're like, what happened? I, I don't know where God, God was. I, I got so far. I was at my job, and there was all these people there, and we were making some progress, and then life got tough, and I quit. Yet, you missed the last 
10%. You missed, you missed this part. You should have kept going, persevere. I got a buddy of mine, he's a, he's a competitive runner. And uh, he says, you know what the hardest part of the race is? I'm like, tell me. He's like, the last mile. It's horrible. I want to quit. I want to stop. I want to give up. Uh, but I said, I said okay, how do, you, how, do you, how do you keep going? He's like, you know how I keep going? He's like, I just tell myself over and over again, the little engine that could story. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. It's amazing what we learn from kids' literature. But it's amazing what God tells us. Where you stop, your relationship with Jesus Christ continues. So where I stop, Jesus says, hey, here's where I can take you the last mile. If you listen to my voice. I saw a story the other day. This girl, she's a runner. She has some condition. I don't know what's going on with her. Um, but essentially what happens is she gets to the end of the race and her dad is at the very end of the race and he catches her because if her body stops, she stops. She can't slow down. So normal people, when they run, you know, they run um, really, really hard in a race and all of a sudden um, when you cross the finish line, you slow down, right? Well, her body, if she even remotely slows down, uh, stops and she falls. She passes out. She's, she's done. She can't go any farther. And there's video out um, on the internet, and, uh, and her dad, so she'll, she'll come flying down, he's at the finish line, and she stops, and the second she stops, she just falls into his arms. And, and she's like riling in pain, I'm like, why do that? That's just great, like stop running, right? And they interviewed her, and they're like, why do you keep running? Like, why do you keep doing this? And she's like, I, I love to run, but I know that if I stop, I, I can't run anymore, and I need somebody to catch me. And I watched over and over again her falling into her father's arms, and I thought about that's our life as Christians, isn't it? Like we run this race our whole entire lives with endurance, and we think to ourselves every single day, like one more day, God, okay, I got one more. Oh, okay, one more day, God, I got one more. And then all of a sudden we die, physical death, and here comes Jesus, and he's like, and you just, you could see this girl, she looks up at her dad, and, she, and there's one video, she goes, I love you so much. And I was like, that's me. Jesus. And then Bethany walks in, she's like, what are you crying about? I'm like, Sarah McLaughlin's singing about dogs again on TV. <laughs> Listen to his voice so that you can guard knowledge, so that you can give instruction. Stay true to his word. Matthew chapter 16 says, what good will it be for a man who gains the whole world Material possession-wise, yet forfeits his soul. What can a man give in exchange for his soul? He cannot give anything. He must stay true to the way. Stay on point in the race. And then watch this, number nine. I love this. And so <clears throat> we flip it again. Here's the negative, but we're going to flip it into a positive. And so I'll make you despised and abased if you keep your hardened heart. Man, that's tough to read. If you keep your hardened heart, I will continue to lead you in hardships and you will continue to experience failures. Inasmuch as you do not keep my ways, but show partiality in your instruction. And what was the problem was here is the Levitical priests skimped out on God's ways and they and they sugarcoated it. And that's tough. And what ultimately God wants from us is He wants us to be competent, but we can only be competent in Christ when we follow all of the steps that he has for us, not just some. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day. 
and he had a situation in his life that was super tough, and, and he, was just, he was experiencing a lot of hardship through this certain experience that had, had gone in his life, and he was questioning if he did the right thing, essentially, um, with his job. And I said, um, I said, you know, that reminds me, it's kind of like Bible verses. When we preach the Bible, um, we can't just skip over some of the verses. We have to preach those things. I said, that's one of my favorite things and non-favorite things about preaching like books of the Bible is we get to a, a certain verse and we have to just keep going with that. We have to explain that and, and we have to walk through that. And some of God's commands are tough, aren't they? They're hard. Uh, but they always prove true. And I said, you know, you did the right thing and I think you got rewarded for it. Even though it's hard now, I think you'll experience the rewards later on. And he looks at me and says, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. I think, I think you're right. I said, no, I, I know I'm right, because it happens to us in the Christian life. Sometimes we're going to get in situations and circumstances where God is going to tell us to do one specific thing, and we're going to say, God, I, I don't know if this is a good thing or not. And he's going to say, no, 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 it's a good thing, I promise. You just got to see it through, because I want you to be competent. I want you to be like my son Jesus. I want you to understand that I can use you, and that you have the ability to carry out my instruction with enthusiasm and love. Okay, so I know you're dying. What is it, Jordan, Laurel or Yanni? I, I, I get it, <clears throat> okay? Well, it's science, okay? And, and Bethany loves this because she's like, of course, everything comes back to mathematics, and it's true. Listen to this, because I read an article on it. What'd you hear? So funny. If you have a low quality of recording, it's not surprising that some people would confuse the second and third Resonance flipped around and hear Yanni instead of Laurel. Now, here's the interesting thing. But if you change the pitch of the original recording, you can hear both. If you change the pitch of the original recording, you can hear both. Here's the world and as it stands, and here's how they see our God, our creator, in a relationship with Jesus Christ, and they reject it. They hear one thing. Here is us as Christians who have changed the pitch. And we've understood that Jesus gives us life. And we have entered into a relationship with God through faith in Christ. And now we can see both sides of the coin. That which is evil and that which is good. That's which God speaks to us and that which the world speaks to us. And we can claim the difference. If we do not listen well or change the context will most likely end up in hardships, feeling like failures, and leading lives of incompetence. But if we are students of the word, working on understanding diligently the truths, applying them appropriately, we can get knowledge from God, give knowledge to God, stay true to his word, and produce lives of competence for Christ. This week, my prayer for you is that you would listen to God's word. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you so much for... Your truth and what it says, um, I think some of us find ourselves here and we are thinking to ourselves, do I really hear the voice of God or have I really heard the voice of God or where has the voice of God come from? And God, in order to hear your voice very clearly, we must have a relationship with you. And so if you find yourself here and you're like, Pastor Jordan, I, I don't know if I have ever heard God's voice. Let me give you some scripture that might help you to hear it a little better. 
for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. For Jesus Christ didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He came into the world to save the world. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God for the wages of death. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be saved. For it is by faith that you receive. If you find yourself here and you wonder if you've ever heard God's voice, the first step for you is to cling to those words that scripture has already stated. That your first response to those words is, God, I want a relationship with you through Jesus Christ. I believe that I'm a sinner. I know you are my savior. I confess with my mouth that I'm a sinner and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the savior the one whose blood takes away my sin. That is how you become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe in faith. And I know so many of us here are gathered today that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We've made the decision to trust the gospel. And yet, we have gone away or been led astray by another way and we have listened to the words and the opinions of the world. Maybe it was from somebody at work. Maybe it was from a family member. Maybe it was from a computer screen. And we have shelved God's word, and we have not become students of it. If you want to listen, and if you want to hear God's voice, he speaks through 66 books called the Bible. He speaks clearly, he speaks openly, he speaks honestly with commands that are not heavy or burdensome, but are a delight. Sometimes they can be hard to receive, but all of God's ways prove true. Lord Jesus, I would ask that you would renew a spirit in us that would hunger and thirst for your word that you would help the men and women who are gathered here this morning to run to your truth. Maybe it's opening up the gospel of John and starting there and realizing the true story of Jesus Christ who came, died, and rose again, that we would be refreshed with those truths. Maybe for some of us, it's opening the book of Proverbs and listening to the wisdom of Solomon that gained the wisdom from God when he asked for his wisdom. Maybe for some of us, it's starting at Genesis chapter one, verse one, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and establishing or reestablishing the fact that God created, that he exists and seeing his goodness in the Old Testament books, whatever that may be. May you run to your word this week. God, help us reignite a fire in us, a passion for scripture, to know for sure that these truths are for our lives and applicable in all areas. We love you, Jesus. We thank you so much for your word and for what it says, and that you are for us and you're not against us. 
and that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Sanctify us, set us apart, conform us more to your image so that we can understand what it really means to live. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church Podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.